and welcome to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast from right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week and the occasional special announcement or series. You can visit vineyardchurch.us and select Springbrook from the menu to learn more about us or to access our audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. Good morning. So, um, today, our reading, our scripture reading comes from Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 11 through 15, 16. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead... He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So... You have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus, um, I'm grateful as always for this room and for these people. Um, And I just... I pray again, as always, that you would wake us up to your spirit and your presence in this room. Just feel your goodness and I feel your nearness. And um, we just ask for more of that today. Pray that you would teach us and stretch us and grow us and um, as you already have, but in the next few minutes. Um, we love you, and we thank you for being with us and for us. Uh, in your name we pray. Amen. Um, I would like to congratulate uh, Dana, uh, you, and also Chase, that you get extra points in heaven for moving forward when I asked you. We don't believe in extra points in heaven, but if we did, they'd be yours, 100% today. Um, uh, today, we, are, we have two weeks left of our series that we've been in uh, for the whole Easter season uh, called Empowered, and today we're going to talk about hearing from God, um, but first I want to uh, tell you a story about how I became a pastor. Some of you are, are, are very familiar uh, with the story, others of you uh, may not know, but about eight years ago, um, uh, Aaron and Sharon McCarter, who are the pastors of the Maryville Vineyard, our other location, uh, invited Daniel and I over to their house. And they, uh, when we get there, they ask us if we would consider planting a second location of their church. And um, I actually thought that they were going to tell us that we were either in trouble or they're going to move. Like when the pastor's like, can you come over because I want to talk to you about something that's usually like, ugh. And um, so that's kind of what I thought they would say. But instead, they're like, hey, do you, do you want to be a pastor and do you want to plant a church? Um, my reaction was I had just taken a sip of water. I then choked on that water and then said a bowling word um, immediately. It started with the word holy, but it did not end holy. Um, 
Uh, that was my real actual reaction. And then my next thing was like, uh, can you still be a pastor if that is your reaction to being a pastor? I don't know. Um, but basically, uh, that, this happens, and we left their house promising that we would pray about it, but absolutely sure we were going to say no. Like, um, so sure that Daniel, for the rest of the day, just shook his head no, no matter what you said. You're like, hey, are you hungry? It's like dinner time. Are you hungry? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, you're saying yes, but your body's saying no. You know, like I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Um, but but I, rem- I remember walking out their door again. Sure, we were going to say no, but I was like, God, if this is you, and if this is what you want me to do, then I need to like hear directly from you on this because uh, my answer is no. Um, so a couple of weeks later, or, or with I don't really know the timeline. Within a couple of weeks, uh, the um, our church had this like marriage event, like this TED Talk thing, and they. Uh, brought in a speaker from uh, a vineyard church in Kentucky, a guy named Adam Russell. I quote him all the time. I, I call him my Monday morning pastor a lot. Um, he, uh, they bring him in to speak, but they do all these TED Talks. And they had asked me to speak at this, and they gave me five minutes uh, to talk. I'm not kidding. Five minutes. Like, I'm already five minutes into this story. Um, and so they give me five minutes to talk about marriage, which ended up being like a four-and-a-half-minute story with like a, a scripture tagged on for, you know, to make it good. It, it was nothing great. It was nothing like powerful. It was five minutes. Um, so the next day uh, I go to church. Daniel works like two Sundays a year. He works at Denzo and he has to work two Sundays a year for inventory. And it was one of those uh, Sundays. So I go to church alone, drop the boys off uh, in childcare. I, 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 I kids church. And then I, I go to the service and Adam is preaching that morning. And his sermon is just like really, really good. Uh, and I had one of those moments that maybe you've experienced, maybe not here, I hope so, but uh, where you feel like the preacher is talking just like directly to you. You know, it's just like so moving and so like this is for me and it just was really powerful. And it was so powerful that I, uh, Maryville was running like, I don't know, three or four services at the time, but it was so powerful that I stayed for the next service. Like I just left my kids in kids and was just like, hope they're fine. Um, I mean, Huck was a baby. <laughs> I did need a little break, but, um, and so I, I just stay and I'm like, and I'm like uh, I stay for in, in this sermon and it gets to this one part where he's talking about calling and how God might have more for you. And it gets to this part and it's the same thing. I just feel like he's speaking directly. I'm, in fact, so much so I feel like he's staring at me. Like I just feel like it's just me and him uh, in this room. And I end up texting Daniel during the sermon. And I was like, you got to leave work. Like, I think God might be speaking to us. I don't know, but you got to hear the sermon. I think it might be for us. And so he does. We, they had an evening service. And so we, he leaves work a little early and we, we end up going back to this, another service and going to this evening service sit through. Same thing, same part. And I feel like it's just Adam and I, and we're just talking, and, and it just feels so powerfully just for me. Uh, and so I work up the courage after the service to go talk to him, because I'm like, this, I've never experienced something quite this strong and quite like this. And so I go talk to him after the service, and I was like, hey, that was really great. Thank you for doing that. That was really powerful. I was like, and at one point, I just felt like you were talking to me, like you were staring directly at me. And he goes, I was. And I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I was. And he said, last night when you were uh, speaking at that TED Talk thing, he said, I felt like God told me that you were a preacher and that he wanted to call out preaching in you. Again, five minutes and not that good. Um, uh, and he was like, I, I felt like God wanted to call out preaching. And he said, I, I, on the way to church this morning, I called Aaron and told him, you need to give that girl her own stage. And I looked, and he says this, and I was like, 
And I was speechless. And when I finally got a word, I looked this kind man in the eyes and said, you're a liar. <laughs> and then I said, wait, really? <laughs> so I just want you to know, your pastor has had very holy reactions to the calling of God with bowling words and lying. Um, uh, but it, 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 it was this crazy moment. And I think part of my strong reaction uh, to what Adam said, this man who doesn't even know, we're friends now, but he, he didn't even know me. But I think part of my strong reaction um, was because something in me knew that it was true. Like, it was as simple as something outside of me confirming what God was doing inside of me, or what I was terrified God was doing inside of me, is that, um, uh, that, that he was calling me into something more and calling me into to something different. Uh, the Bible word for what happened between um, Adam and I that morning is called prophecy. And it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about spiritual gifts, these gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, for God's people to empower us, to like boost us um, in energy and empowering and in the work of the kingdom. Um, and so what I want to do is I kind of want to take that wide message from last week and I want to zero it in um, and talk about one of those gifts in particular, uh, which is prophecy. Um, so we're, we're going to spend some time zooming in this morning. A, a heads up, as usual, I am stealing so much today. When we were praying before service, I was like, today's the day I should have just like brought the book and just read it to you because that's basically what I'm about to do. Um, it is a, a, a great book called Hearing from God uh, by Pete Gregg. You spell Gregg, G-R-I-E-G. Um, we'll put it on our social media stuff tomorrow. But I, I love this book. Pete Gregg, some of you, I think, in the room use uh, the Lectio 365 app and and Pete Gregg is responsible for the Lectio 365 app. He's um, phenomenal. And so his book is called, sorry, I said the title wrong. His book is called How to Hear from God, Pete Gregg. If I'm going to read it to you, I might as well know the title, right? Um, okay, so uh, to talk about prophecy, I want to talk about uh, uh, some geeky nerd words. Um, there are two Greek words uh, in the New Testament to describe the word of God. Uh, two different words uh, that the New Testament writers use. Uh, the first word is one um, we're a little bit more familiar with, uh, if you've been around the church for a while, is, is logos. Uh, the Greek word logos shows up in two ways. Uh, it is the word used for the written word of God, um, but it is also the word that John uses in his gospel to uh, describe Jesus, who is the embodiment of God's written word. Uh, John says that Jesus is the logos of God. And the scriptures are called the logos of God, the word of God, um, written and embodied in Jesus. But there's a second word uh, for the word of God uh, in Greek, and that word is rhema. And rhema is the spoken word of God. So it's just a little bit different. It's, it's the word that Jesus uses in, in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus, right before his ministry, he like goes off in the desert and the devil comes. It's this crazy story. The devil comes to like tempt him with all these things. And at one point he's like, I'll give you, Jesus has been fasting, he's starving. And he's like, I'll give you bread if you do this thing. And uh, Jesus responds to the devil and he says, uh, man is not sustained uh, by bread alone, but on the spoken word of God, the continual spoken word of God. That's the word uh, rhema. Uh, oftentimes rhema will get translated as prophecy. Uh, in fact, it was in our scripture lesson last week in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, uh, it comes again in 1 Corinthians uh, 14 that we'll quote a little bit today. The rhema of God, the continued spoken word of God, the prophecy of God. 
Uh, We ended last week uh, with Paul telling the Corinthian church in chapter 12 to desire the most helpful gifts. That's how he ends the chapter. He's like, desire the things that are most helpful. And then he goes to chapter 13 and he talks all about love. And then at the end of chapter 14, at the very, or 13, at the very beginning of chapter 14, he says this. He says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit, the spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Uh, it, 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 is, it is the thing that, that, that Paul clarifies as desire the most helpful gifts. And then he says, here's what it is. Desire prophecy. So here's what I want to do today. I want to answer two questions. Uh, The first is, what is prophecy? And the second is, uh, if we're supposed to, like, follow the way of love and desire it, uh, how do we do it? How do we we try it? What does it look like uh, in this world? So, uh, first, what is it? Uh, Part of the premise of being a Jesus follower means um, believing that there is a God, um, but it's also a belief that this God is active and re- this like active and relational being uh, who, through His kingdom on the earth, is living and active and speaking today. And if that's true, if there is a God, and if He is a relational being who is living and active and speaking today, then uh, one of the wildly important parts of being a follower of that God would be to learn how to hear Him speak. If he's speaking, then it seems that it would be important for us to learn how to listen. It's one of the things that I see God grow in people the fastest, that, that um, as, as, as people uh, start to follow him, one of the things that grows in them so quickly is this desire to learn how to hear from God, this desire to learn to hear his voice. Uh, we believe that God is speaking, and, and, and when we learn to hear his voice, we experience him speaking to us in loads of different ways. Uh, through the Bible, through the church, through circumstances, experiences, reason, nature, uh, through prayer. Uh, learning to hear from God, uh, learning to hear his voice is part of what it means to be a follower of him. And so one of the ways, uh, I think, uh, the main ways that we learn to hear uh, God's voice is by learning more about Jesus. Uh, to steal from Pete Gregg, uh, he, he says this, but it's said by many people, that Jesus is what God sounds like. If we want to know what God's voice sounds like, we look to Jesus. He is who and what God sounds like. Uh, we also learn to hear God's voice through the scripture. Uh, Again, to quote Pete Gregg, he calls the Bible the language of God's heart. It is God's logos, his written word, his written heart for his people. Uh, Nothing that we ever hear from God will uh, contradict or undermine or override the Bible. The Bible is the language of the heart of God. And then we also learn to hear from God uh, through our own lived experiences, through our own prayer lives. This is the, the rhema, the present and the continued spoken word of God into our lives. And it's important in our journey that we learn to hear from God uh, for ourselves. But the Bible takes it a little bit further than that. Uh, especially Paul in 1 Corinthians, he says that we won't just hear from God for ourselves, but that we will also hear from God for other people. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is the spoken word of God for his people. It is words from God for others. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul audaciously teaches that prophecy is vitally important 
to the flourishing of the church. He tells us that prophecy is used for the edification and the encouragement and the strengthening up, the building up of the saints. It's, uh, or a simple way to say this is that the primary focus of this spiritual gift is other people. And the primary purpose of this spiritual gift is to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort God's people. Um, some of you, when you hear the word prophecy, you may associate it with like predicting the future. Uh, maybe you've seen people like predict when the world's going to end or predict a presidential candidate or things like that. Which, by the way, pre- predicting a presidential candidate was like really big in 2020. And, and I think it's bananas. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance. Like there were just two major candidates, right? Like uh, if you, this is a side note, if you have questions about <laughs> something that has to do with presidents and prophecies, like please call me and let's talk about it. Um, but I hope I can settle this quickly. That is uh, bananas. I think the people who got it wrong should apologize. And I think the people who got it right should apologize. God has not pledged allegiance to any political party or to America. His allegiance belongs to and in and for the kingdom of God always. That is not how prophecy works. Or maybe you've seen uh, prophecy uh, on TV where uh, there, it's like a guy on stage and he points to someone in the crowd. I won't, I'm like really trying to not point at anyone. And he points to someone in the crowd and he's like, you have a secret or you're having an affair or you're looking at pornography. And it's like, well, statistically, probably. You know, it's like <laughs> there, there are some really, and on like national television, you know, like that is not, that is not how prophecy uh, works. The, the primary means of prophecy, it is building up. It is comforting. The primary role of this gift is not to expose something or to predict the future. I'm not saying that those two things don't happen. What I'm saying is those two things don't happen without encouragement and strength and comfort being part of that word. God uses prophecy to strengthen his people, to encourage his people, to comfort His people. Prophecy is God's way of speaking his heart into the world, communicating his heart for the world today. God wants to communicate his heart to his people, and I would argue that he's doing it all the time. And in his kindness, sometimes he uses his people as a vehicle for that. Uh, Here's an example of one way that that has played out in my life. Um, I see a spiritual director, and if you want to know what a spiritual director is, I'm not 100% sure. Um, (laughs) You can Google it. But essentially what spiritual direction is, is it's sort of like a mix of coaching and counseling where um, you sit with someone and learn how to hear God together. And so um, my spiritual director has been doing something with me where um, uh, he's been uh, uh, daring me to to ask to... for God to show me his heart for people or situations or things. Like when things are kind of crazy he's, and I'm like, this is going on in me or going on in my spirit or this is a situation at work or whatever. Um, he'll say, have you asked God to show you his heart for this situation? And so I've started doing this and it has been like a really significant shift in my own personal uh, prayer life. Um, and plenty of times what that looks like is when I, when I ask God to show me his heart, he does. And it looks a lot like grief, a whole lot like grief. Um, But then sometimes, actually often, um, I feel like God will bring someone to mind. And I've learned that whenever I just like can't quit thinking about someone during the day, then I'll just be like, what's your heart for this person? And what will happen sometimes is just like this flood. Like I think the word might be swell. Like this swell inside me of like delight 
or tenderness or love or like hope for this person. It's like this bubbling inside of me where it's like God is showing me how precious this person is to him. And sometimes when I'm really brave, I'll uh, text them and be like, hey, I just think God wants you to know how loved you are. But most of the time I just chicken out and do nothing. Um, But like I said, God, he wants to communicate his heart to his people, and sometimes he does that. He will fill us with his heart uh, for the people that we love, and he'll give us words for it, or for some people it's like pictures or images for uh, people. It's what Paul's doing in our text today uh, that Jamie just read. It, it's, it's, uh, I picked it because this is Paul doing this exact thing for the church in Rome. He is using his words to strengthen them, to encourage them, to remind them that inside them is the same spirit that raised Jesus uh, from the dead. That uh, reminding them that they have access to the same exact spirit that, spirit that Jesus did. To affirm them that they are God's children, that they have been empowered by his spirit. Uh, Paul, later in his letter to the Corinthians that I read just a second ago, he tells us to follow the way of love and desire the gift of prophecy. Uh, The Greek word for desire here is the word we get zealot from. Uh, Basically what Paul is saying, he's saying uh, that hearing from God for others is something that Jesus followers are supposed to long for. Uh, a, A more accurate translation of the Greek is that it's something that Jesus followers are supposed to burn for. And I think that there's a both and to this because desiring and longing for and asking for prophecy in part is asking uh, for God to reveal himself uh, for others, to us for others. But it also means desiring to be prophesied to. It means learning an openness to, to allowing God to speak to you through somebody else. Uh, Paul tells us that we can both expect to hear from God directly, but also to desire hearing from God through others. God is speaking, and he will speak. And our job is to learn how to listen, uh, to make space in our minds and our hearts and our imaginations that God might use someone uh, to speak his encouragement into you or his strength over you or his comfort all around you. For example, um, have you ever had someone pray for you and they just said like the exact right words? And as they're praying, they just say some sort of words and you feel this like flood of courage or maybe like a flood of faith or energy or, or comfort. This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. God speaking to us uh, through other people in a way that encourages us and strengthens us and builds us up, comforts us. Okay, so if we are uh, working under the premise that God is speaking, still speaking today, uh, and there are people who absolutely disagree with that, um, uh, all, all over, lots, lots of people love the Bible and think that God's speaking has stopped. Um, personally, I've just experienced too much for me to believe that that's true. Um, but one of the ways, if, if one of the ways that he's doing that is through other people um, or, or to us for other people, then how do we learn to hear uh, this part of hearing from God? I want to spend our last few minutes, um, I'm about to land this plane, but uh, doing a little bit of, of clinicking on what prophecy is. And I really just have two uh, tips for how to hear from God for others or how to hear from God through others. Um, first tip, uh, if you want to learn to hear God's voice, uh, the best way I know to tell you to do that is to pray for people. Pray for people. 
You can do this no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. If, it's, if this is all brand new to you, you may not even be sure of it, um, you can pray for people. And if you're an old dog and you've been around the block and you don't even know what you think about it, you can pray for people. I, I don't know any way to say it better than that. If you want to learn to hear the voice of God, pray for people. In praying for each other, we learn uh, to listen. We learn to feel impressions from the Spirit. Uh, in, in our prayer clinics that we do once a month around here, um, um, it's a regular thing for us to be praying for somebody. Like somebody is praying for somebody, and then somebody else in the circle is like, oh my gosh, I just felt the exact same thing. Like I was just praying for the exact same thing. And, 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 and then together we learn with each other and we learn for each other uh, as we pray for each other. And, and I say that like it's really easy, like just go pray for people. You know, some of you are like, I'd actually rather do anything on planet Earth than that. Um, uh, a favorite preacher of mine, uh, Ted Kim, uh, he says that one of the ways that the church experiences the fullness and flourishing uh, in terms of the strengthening and comfort and encouraging of the spirit is by learning how to lean into this together. It's not that we do it because it's easy. It's that we do it because we desire flourishing. We desire a fullness. Uh, Ted Kim calls it the future hope of the church. Uh, I want to quote him. He says this. He says, uh, the hopeful future of this church is that you will hear from one another and you will be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted by one another. That is the picture of the kingdom of God. We grow more dependent upon one another rather than less we don't stand on our own two feet. We are held up by the brothers and sisters around us. There will come a day when things are hard and you need your brothers and sisters. It's just the way the world works. Trouble is going to come. But the good news of Jesus is that he builds a community where we can hold each other up. Have you ever experienced this? Have you ever been in a dark place and you needed the people around you and they show up in your life? This is what prophecy is about. When we hear from God, we are building up this idea that we need each other because we're going to God on behalf of and for each other. It's what we uh, desire most as a church. We want this to be a place of community, a place of family, a place of interdependence, not based on like power over someone, but based on prayer and comfort and encouragement and building up. So tip number one, if you want to learn to hear from God for others, pray for them. Tip number two, test everything. Just because someone comes to you and tells you that they have heard from God for you does not mean that they have heard from God for you. Uh, even Paul, who's the one who said we should burn for this gift, uh, in 1 Thessalonians, in another letter to another church, he says, be open to prophecies, but test them and only hold on to the good ones. Only hold on to what's good. Only hold on to what's true. Uh, so, so how do we do that? How do we know what's good? How do we know uh, what's true? Pete Gregg in his, and I cannot recommend it enough book, uh, which I'm pretty sure is called How to Hear from God, um, shares a simple tool for how to do this, and he uses the acronym ABC. Um, it's kind of like some sort of filter. When someone, um, when, when, when you feel like God is speaking to you for someone else or, 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 or to someone else for you, um, this is sort of the filter. And it's, uh, it's this. A is for affirming. B is for biblical. And C is for Christ-like. So here's what I mean by this. Uh, a, is it affirming? Is it something meant to strengthen, encourage, and comfort? 
These are the parameters that, that we are given in the scriptures, the primary purpose of prophecy, to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. That's what we mean by affirming. Is it doing these things? Uh, number two, is it biblical? As I said earlier, uh, uh, the Bible is the language of God's heart. Uh, the Bible is like train tracks, and words of prop- prophecy will always ride on the tracks. Uh, nothing, I've already said this, but nothing um, that, that, that God says will ever override or undermine or contradict the written word of God. His ramos will not contradict his logos. And then three, is it Christ-like? If we want to know what God sounds like, we look to Jesus. Words from God will sound like God. And we know what God sounds like by looking to Jesus, his word made flesh in the world. Uh, When I was in college, I had a a mentor who uh, honestly kind of ended up being a a pretty toxic thing for me. Um, But this woman, she considered herself to be really prophetic, and I didn't know much about it. I grew up in a a movement that that really didn't... um, uh, believe that that prophecy was was still around, and so um, she's telling me she's a prophet, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but but she seemed to to, to follow Jesus and know things, and and so one day she calls me and she was like, um, I need you to meet me for lunch, and it has to be today, and I looked for any reason to skip class, so I was like, sure, uh, anytime, I'm open all day. Do you have class? Not important. Um, side note, you should go to class. It took me seven years. Okay, so go to class. Okay, so she, uh, she called, she's like, it's got to be today. Gotta, so we go to lunch, and we sit down at lunch, and she was like, I have heard from God for you. And I'm like, amazing. Okay, you know, what is it? And she said, I had a dream last night, and God told me who you're supposed to marry. And I was like, great. I mean, I was interested in that. And so I was like, okay, who? And she said, well, I'm not supposed to tell you. She said, he told me who it is, but I'm not supposed to tell you, so just look to me and trust me, and I'll let you know when it's the person. And it's like, well, that's mean. You know, like, you did, he didn't, and I was like, okay, whatever. So, like, a week later, uh, a, a guy I know um, is a musician, and he's come to town to do a concert, and, and she and I are at that concert together, and she keeps looking at me, and she's like, 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 pointing and weaking and stuff. And I was like, whoa, and she was like, you know, kind of giving me the motions. Uh, and I was like, no. Not him. Like, I don't even like him like that. It was just this, like, ah, I don't. It wasn't Daniel, spoiler. Um, But it was just like, oh, gross. No, I I don't, I don't, I don't want that. and, and, and so for me, this word, like she, she's claiming to hear from God. And, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right at all. And so this was something that needed to be weighed. It needed to be tested. Like, was it affirming? Kind of. Like, I wanted to get married, and so maybe it was kind of. Uh, was it biblical? I mean, Jesus didn't even get married, so I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess there are times in the Bible that God tells someone to marry a specific person. Is it Christ-like? Not really. Like, again, Jesus didn't even get married, um, but, but it wasn't kind. This word made me anxious. I didn't feel encouraged. I didn't feel comforted. I didn't feel strengthened. I felt manipulated. I felt uh, controlled. Sometimes this happens because people are dangerous, like in this case. But sometimes this happens. Sometimes people think they hear from God, and and no matter how holy or wonderful they are, they just don't get it right. Maybe they're not dangerous. Maybe they just ate bad pizza, right? 
Like that's a phrase we say in the vineyard. Uh, uh, in the vineyard, people will come and be like, I have a word from you. I, th- or I think God wants to say something to you, but I also ate nachos for lunch and I don't know. You know, like that, 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 is, that is a thing. Um, and so that's why we weigh it. We test it. And when we do, when you weigh this, when you test it, when you're like, okay, maybe this is from God, then you have a couple of choices. Your first choice is you can reject it full out because it's weird. Uh, I say this all the time. Jesus will never force. I have no evidence that Jesus forces anyone to do anything. It is yours to reject. Or sometimes uh, in a response when, when, when we weigh it and we find that it has some sauce on it, that, that it might be uh, from God to us, then, then one of our responses can be just to open our hands and receive what it is. Open your hands and receive the uh, encouragement or the strengthening or the comfort. Or sometimes somebody might have something for you that's like the right word in the wrong time. I talked uh, uh, recently about that guy Jordan saying, and he came and he like prayed this really prophetic thing for me. Part of that, he was like, does this feel like your life? And I was like, not really. And he just said, file it away. It might, it may not. Like sometimes it's the right word, but the wrong time. And then sometimes, like uh, the story I told with my friend Adam at the very beginning, um, sometimes God will speak to us through others, and it um, is, is like a, a, a call to action. It's something to walk in. And so in those moments, we pray for the courage to do what God's asking us to do. Okay, here's what I want to do. Um, we're going to uh, move to Selah, which is something we do every week here. Um, and, um, and, and you can use this time however you want. Um, one way is maybe you just want to like pray for the people around you and see if God might have something to say to them. Um, but I have a couple of questions that might be helpful in your time. Uh, the first is this. Um, I think it would be helpful to before God to, to ask yourself, have you ever been hurt by prophecy and need healing from that? Like, do you have a story like the one I just told you where someone used it to manipulate you and used it to control you? Um, here's a second question. Do I actually want this gift? If Paul says it's something we're supposed to desire, something we're supposed to long for, uh, I think it would be a very good question to say, do I actually want this? And then third, I've kind of already said this, is is maybe uh, this is a time to ask God, uh, do you want to speak uh, to anyone today? This is something for us to be open to, not something for us to manufacture. Manufacturing words from God is dangerous. But being open to God putting words in your heart with humility or a a swell or an impression or a picture or whatever that you can't quit thinking of, being open to that with humility is good. Manufacturing it is dangerous, okay? Um, I'm just going to pray and bless it and then just use the time however you want. So Jesus... uh, We believe that your spirit is present in the room. Would you wake us up to that presence? I um, pray that we would hear from you. I pray for the people in the room who have experienced some sort of hurt or pain or trauma around people who claim to speak for God. Um but wove destruction in us. I just ask for your healing for that. I pray for those of us in the room who are like, this is nuts. And I just pray that your spirit would be in that as well, that as we question and we wonder, as we test, is this real, that, that you would be present, that you 
we would experience the fullness of your spirit. And then, I already prayed this, but I just pray that we would hear from you. Would you flood us with encouragement, with things that, that strengthen weak places in us? Would you flood us with comfort? In your name we pray, amen.